That was abrupt. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Nick. This is Bike Talk, and so Bike Talk is a radio show podcast. Uh, not not quite on the radio on the airwaves, but a podcast at kpfk.org and biketalk.org, biketalk.com. We've been doing this for over ten years, and we started out in a little radio station on the internet called killradio.org. And we have every week, we have between a few minutes and two hours of bike activists, advocates, people who ride, commuters, people who do interesting things around town, phone calls with people who are not in the area but who have something to do with bikes. And so tonight we have bike activist advocate Stephen Box, who has been around for many years in LA biking advocating and tonight we have something interesting going on which Stephen is going to tell us about it's it's kind of a master class in bike advocacy or bike activism right Stephen that's right so um before we jump in though I just want to introduce uh Lucas Schroeder who's here in the studio with us he's joining us from Hollywood High and uh, where he's a senior and so he's going to be doing four things over the next four weeks with us. He's going to be um, working here with us in the studio, becoming the uh, Bike Talk producer. He's going to master yeah. the uh, master the studio. Yeah. And um, the second thing he's going to do is he's going to um, be joining us as we uh, visit neighborhood councils and community groups with the Mobility Bill of Rights. Uh, I guess the third thing is he's going to be doing is he's going to be joining us for four weeks or four sessions of the um, Bike Activist Masterclass. And so he'll be uh, participating in the Masterclass. And then the fourth thing is he's going to be embarking on his own project, um, which will be whatever he decides to make it. And that'll be all part of a commitment that he made um, at Hollywood High as part of his senior uh, senior project. And so I guess that's four things. It's a lot of work for Lucas. Um, making Lucas work so hard makes it easier for Nick and I, right? Yeah, you need, a, you need a, somebody at the bottom. Yeah, doing all the work. <laughs> hey, um, and it's interesting, you know, we, uh, this was a topic. Um, so welcome to, the, welcome to Bike Talk, Lucas. Hello. You know, Lucas, we were talking, um, you were with us last week and we talked about this a bit, but we were talking several weeks ago about what happened, where'd all the activists go? And um, the fact of the matter is I think that activists, you know, sometimes just change their focus, but activists are activists forever, I think. And uh, one of the things we acknowledge is that we didn't do a great job of passing the baton to the next generation of, uh, of bike activists in the city of L.A. And so welcome um, to Bike Talk. Um, we no sooner had that session. And here comes Lucas representing the new era of uh, bike activism in the city of L.A. The other conversation we had is the difference between an advocate and a, an activist. And I, that's probably a whole session in and of itself. What do you think it is, Nick? Yeah, I wanted to ask you as I was introducing you because I just went back and forth. What? Uh, so, so activist <laughs> seems a little bit more uh, s- severe than advocate. Advocate is a suggestion. I 
an act- activist is a de- is a demand? I don't no. know. I don't know. That's not. That's I mean, I don't think that activists, by definition, have to be fighting or demanding or working at odds with folks. Um, and at the same time, I don't think that ac- advocates in general need to be um, docile. I know that uh, when my father was uh, ill, I became acutely aware that every patient in our healthcare system needs a, an advocate. And for me, at being my father's advocate was by no means passive. I mean, I didn't stay at home on a sofa and then, you know, and go online and, and sign petitions, you know, while, in, you know, um, eating snacks. I was very aggressive within the healthcare system, demanding and shaking um, and knocking on doors and, you know, literally rocking the boat and not making friends, but getting results because it was for my father and he needed it. And I wasn't there to make friends. Um, I was there to make sure that my father got everything he needed. So I, and, and yet that's considered a patient advocate. Um, so maybe an advocate works within the system. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, and it's one that we should maybe think about and maybe do a show on. Uh, I I know that it has come up, and some people bristle. You call them advocates, and they bristle and say, I'm an activist, and some folks bristle and say, no, I'm an advocate. But um, maybe we should get some of the bristlers in here to tell us what's going on. But um, So anyway, that's why Lucas is here, the uh, next era of bike advocate or activist. It's up to you, Lucas. You can pick whichever one you want. Which one toots your horn? Mm, activist. Okay. <coughs> yeah. There you have it. Good choice. So the um, so Nick and I were talking about you know what uh, what it looks like um, to be an activist, and the interesting thing is that folks get activated um, and jump in feet first and oftentimes learn as they go. And so the idea of actually uh, creating some structure is something we address, and hence the class. And so in the spirit of storytelling, which is the metaphor we're going to use for the bike activist master class, uh, we've got four sessions, and tonight we're going to cover the elements of a story. And so... On story. that note, story. Hey, by the way, Nick, what's your uh, what was your major at uh, Berkeley? English. English. Literature. The reason I think storytelling is a uh, place to start for activism is I think that all great leaders are great storytellers. And I think that um, Lucas was telling me some of the folks that impress him or that he admires the most in his life. And there are folks that he describes as, what'd you say? Just fake, boring. What? Boring. The people you... That you like or oh, admire? No, dislike. Oh, no, no. We're talking <laughs> oh. about people you admire. Oh, no, they're, they're just real people, and you mm-hmm. can talk to them, and they're interesting. Okay. So they're real, you can talk to them, and they're interesting, which is, I would say, uh, a good definition of a storyteller. Yeah. And uh, that can engage you in a conversation, that can make you feel a part of the dialogue, uh, which is the best storytellers engage the audience in a way that they feel like they're a part of the story, and they have an interest in how it unfolds. Um, yeah. In fact, aren't you going to a, uh, Nick, aren't you going to a uh, seminar? Stor- storytellers Weekend Extravaganza Retreat? Yeah, my wife Julie bought me a, uh, a like a two-day, or that's actually, th- I already missed two days. It's what? Three, it's four days now. I no. Just, but it's a write, write your novel in a week. Well, I guess it's not just a weekend. It's like four days. Wow. But I'm going to catch two days of it. Okay. Write your novel. How'd you, mi- how'd you miss two days? Okay, another day. Wasn't paying attention. Um, 
Anyway, a couple thousand years ago, 2,500 years ago, a guy named Aristotle um, wrote a book called Poetics. And in this book, he said there are uh, some basic elements to a great story. And over the years, nobody has really successfully challenged that particular statement or the principles that he laid down. And so we're going to um, take a look at those elements and then consider them in the context of an activist's journey. And so, have you heard of Poetics? Anyone? Yes, I have heard of it. So, 25, is it 2,500 years ago? Um, poetics came out, and uh, Aristotle said there's some basic elements, and there, I'll, I'll run through them real quick. The first one is plot. Every great story has a plot. The second one is character. Every great story has a character that you care about. Uh, the third one is theme. There's some different ways to approach it. Uh, some people say thoughts, but um, anyway, the theme. The next one is dialogue. All great stories have memorable dialogue. Um, the Fifth one was music. At the time, uh, he considered that to be the fifth element, and I think that we can modify it these days just to s open it up and say media. And there's so many different ways for us to um, complement or uh, enhance a story with some great media. And the sixth one is spectacle. What do we do to get people's attention? And so if you were to approach a, um, a project as an activist and think as a storyteller, What's the best way for us to uh, tell a great story from an activist perspective? It's to take a look at whatever it is we're hoping to accomplish and then to use these elements. And um, great storytellers connect with their audience. And to connect with our audience, we have to figure out who the character is going to be. Had you thought, uh, Lucas, had you thought about what your project was going to be? Uh, I know you wanted to make L.A. safer for cyclists, but... Had you thought about what exactly you wanted to do? Well, I wanted to <clears throat> explain that, like, kind of the project's kind of all over the place with the cycling. But like, if there's a main goal, I want there to be like just more bike lanes, because then it makes it so people can get around more. Like, if there's a bike lane connecting from all parts of LA. If mm -hmm. I can get ev anywhere in LA with a bike lane, mm -hmm. that just makes more cyclists in that since cycling is deemed dangerous, people will think it will be safer and that will encourage more people to do it, mm -hmm. you know. Had you so that's kind of a global LA bike yeah. lanes everywhere. Yeah. Had you thought about something because it's the largest city and the most populated state and the most powerful country in the world. So is there something a bit more local and specific that you'd want to uh, bite off as your opening move, so to speak, as an activist, a project specific to your neighborhood? Well, there's, um, oh, like, like, some, like something that, something small that I want. <clears throat> yeah, there's this bike lane, this part of bike lane on Fairfax mm -hmm. that is close to that's like intersecting a, it's on Fairfax which is a, which is a, bu a busy road and there's another uh, road um, fountain that's crossing it and mm -hmm. everybody's trying to turn right into it people will turn right into the bike lane and that makes it com extremely dangerous people are not usually checking their mirrors so they just go right in and um, I just wish there was something preventing 
people from getting into the bike lane in the first place. I think there should be metal poles blocking them from breaking the law because, you know, paint isn't really going to do much. You can just drive over that and make it safer for everybody. Okay. Yeah. So who's your, if you were going to take this as your opening project, who would the, um, who would your audience be? Um, cyclists in that area. So do you think the cyclists can go out there and put the um, barricades up? If I, well, if I found a way to reach out to them, yeah. I feel like that would be pretty easy. So you want to act? I think they'd agree with me. You want to activate the cyclists? Yeah. And who would they then go to? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Well, if we were to apply the uh, storytelling approach, um, first of all, we'd have to figure out what the plot here is. And so there, people are kind of interested in a struggle. Every great story has a struggle. So it's man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself, man versus society. You know, so man versus technology. So there's there's a plot in every great story. There's a struggle. And in this particular case, is it cyclist versus safety? Is it cyclist versus motorist? Is it community versus physics? Is it, um, like, how do we shape this so that people get in, have a vested interest or concern or um, want to, you know, a, a, a are engaged in the outcome of this struggle that you're setting up and communicating? Um, I think it would be motorists versus cyclists. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how, how else to put that, though. <clears throat> well, it could be, com you know, community versus... I mean... If you go motor cyclists versus motorists, oftentimes those are no wins where you start to alienate. Yeah, exactly. But it could be circumstances. For for example, is it a safe street? No. Okay, then it's um, it's cyclists versus an unsafe environment, or is it the community versus an uncrossable street? Is it um, is it you know let's let's use lit I know it's not nature in the sense of look it's you know it, it's a tree it's an animal it's a bike lane. You know, it's in, in that sense, but it's sort of the natural environment. It's the built environment in this case. So it's it's us versus this environment, and something has to change. Um, but if you pit, like, how do we engage? You know, so so anyway, in in the plot, we'd want to shape it so that we can actually get motorists to care. And I think that motorists care about other humans. Mm -hmm. I think that community members care about all. You know, like, how do we shape it so it's not alienating folks or pitting? you know, modes against each other. But anyway, that would be the plot for us to kind of grapple with so that we're engaging folks and telling a story from a perspective of the community, the cyclists, the motorists. I mean, how frustrating is it for motorists um, to not know what's going on or to not be able to you know, navigate that street? So maybe mm -hmm. it's a confusing street for everybody. Often we see it from our perspective, which means you'd see it as a cyclist. Motorists would see it as a motorist. The pedestrian sees it as a pedestrian. The local property owners see it from their perspective. But perhaps the opportunity here is for us to see if we can tell a story that engages everybody in the plot against this confusing infrastructure, which is a weird word that we never use anywhere except when we're talking about transportation. Like, who says infrastructure in a real sentence in a real world? 
um, and gets away with it, and everyone's like, ah, what'd you say? But, you know, it's, it's, it's the built environment. The, um, so anyway, that's, that's, you know, how to set up the, the plot. And by the way, as, as we're working our way through this, you can always come back and change things and say, you know, I'd rather change it so that it really is about cyclists versus an unsafe environment. And uh, the second element is, you know, what's the character? And there, you know, is the character, the, is, the, is, the, is the lead character in this particular story going to be the community? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be the cycling community? Is it going to be the, the merchants and the um, homeowners? You know, in other words, figure out who we're going to tell the story from whose perspective. You know, whose, whose struggle does this belong to? Um, if it was going to be the cyclists, perhaps we should tell a great story about uh, cyclists in the area that just want to get to school. I think that your, na- your school, Hollywood High, draws from that neighborhood on both sides, yeah? Yes. So um, how far down does it go? Oh, the bike lane? No, no, uh, the uh, cycling population that would be riding to Hollywood High. Um, I think mid-city to like more East Hollywood. Great. <clears throat> so that's, uh, you probably split it then with the Bernstein? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, wow, it's a signif- that's one of the most densely populated neighborhoods in the city of L.A., um, so, so your your character there could actually, you know, let's say for example, it was going to be the cycling community, and you would want to put the cycling community in a sympathetic light, and sort of frame this as cyclists just wanting to get to school. Like, who's going to stand up and go, "Well, I'm really opposed to that." Yeah. So sometimes, if you make it human versus human, you're going to have a lot of resistance, and we want to be careful about activating a large group of people to say no. We, we're looking to activate folks to to say yes. Um, but a sympathetic character who can, um, uh, obviously high school kids wanting to get to school, that's a very sympathetic um, character or group. The third element would be theme. And so there, um, is, it, is it freedom? I mean, do we want high school kids to be free to travel? <laughs> you know, do we want, and what's, you know, do we want to start framing this as, you know, what's good for cyclists is good for the community. If cyclists yeah. are free to travel, <clears throat> you know, some of the elderly might be able to cross the street without an armored car. Yeah. So, um, you know, that would be the theme. What are your thoughts, Nick? So far, we've got three. Plot, character, and theme. My my thought, well, I was loving the high school students. At first, when you said, should high school students be free, my init- my immediate reaction was like, no. But then, <laughs> but then when, you know, to travel, I mean, yeah, the more f- the more people are free to move around, the, the healthier society is. And uh, if it were safe, then, of course. Plot, theme, character. Yeah. So, th- uh, and, you know, there, there might be some others. I mean... Freedom is just one of them. Um, uh, responsibility is another one. Um, you know, do we really want to have to drive high school students to, to school because the streets aren't safe for them to travel? You know, that would be responsibility. We can give them some responsibility for their own um, travel. Uh, what are some other themes? Um, man, liberating the neighborhood from the uh, onslaught of cut through traffic is something that everyone can resonate, you know, uh, relate to. Yeah, I think that. <coughs> trying to get bike cycling infrastructure in a community would be good for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so there's another yeah, yeah, there's another great theme in- inclusivity. 
Yeah. It, it's it's better for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bike lane down Venice, and it's it's not stressful to go pa- uh, on Venice on a, on a street like like once you get off that bike lane on Fairfax, it's just <laughs> it's deadly. <laughs> it's scary. You're ba- you're trying to run a- you're trying to run away from the cars instead of riding your bike. And that and be- it'd be better for the cyclists and for everybody because they could benefit off the bike lane too. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got the plot, we've got the character, we've got theme. Um, well, we don't have them, but those are three elements. And then yeah. you know we would kind of <coughs> work it a bit and then lock in you know what we're gonna go with. Um, the fourth one is. Uh, dialogue mm-hmm. and it's important to own some language and to think about what's memorable um, for example you know streets are for people mm-hmm. what are the things that you're going to repeat over and over when you're meeting with you know groups things that um, folks start to associate every street is a street that pedestrians will cross and cyclists will ride what are the what are the the what's the what are the elements that you're going to repeat over and over, and do so in such a way that folks participating in the project can quickly grab a hold of, so that everyone stays on message. And so there, whatever those elements are, I think that you had a good title for your project. Yeah, it was like Fix Fairfax and Fountain. It's kind of like. <laughs> doesn't exactly go to the location that I'm trying to fix, mm-hmm. but it's close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the Northridge earthquake was actually in Reseda. So sometimes you go with what works. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's not accurate. But I do like Fix Fountain and Fairfax because folks can remember it. And uh, so the dialogue needs to be something that the, um, you know, when you, when you hear a great story, you want to repeat it to other people. Mm-hmm. And you want people to hear this story and be able to repeat it, which means that coming up with dialogue uh, that makes it easy for folks to quickly cut to the chase and say, I heard about something. It's really interesting. It's a project called Fix Fountain, Fair- and, Fairfax. Fountain and Fairfax. Fairfax and Fountain. There's actually a song called uh, Fountain and Fairfax. Really? By whom? Nick? I've never heard that song. Dude, are you serious? I'll Google it right now. Okay. Um. So it's called <laughs> it's uh, Afghan wigs. Anyway, but uh, that's the fourth element, which is dialogue, and you need to own the dialogue. It is absolutely imperative that you own the dialogue. And um, sometimes dialogue can be the absence of dialogue. You know, Marcel Marceau, the um, the mime, owned silence. But uh, he complimented with behavior and drew attention to the fact that he wasn't ever going to speak. But the point is that uh, however you approach uh, the opportunity to speak, you need to own the dialogue and you need to think about it ahead of time. And you need to come up with some dialogue that others can repeat that drives your project to success. The uh, fifth element for Aristotle was music. And I don't think that, well, we do have the Afghan wigs with um, Fountain and Fairfax. It's weird that they said Fountain and Fairfax, not Fairfax and Fountain, if you ask me. But yeah. Uh, sorry, I I thought you were introducing the song when you said that. Should I skip ahead to the lyrics? <laughs> There's really not that much on Fairfax and Fountain. It's <laughs> just a run-down church that's abandoned and really three uh, apartments. Yeah. So 
<laughs> but anyway, here's the music for uh, Fountain in Fairfax. Okay, we can we'll come back to it. Hey, um, maybe we can wrap out with that one. Okay. But um, you know, if we were to enhance it with media in this day and age, it's it's um, and I it's it's a shame not to uh, create some media, even even a podcast, even a live streaming. Um, show is uh, a great expression of how we can grab a hold of the technology that exists today and go beyond um, and go beyond uh, the music that Aristotle was referring to. He thought that a great story had some uh, musical support. In this particular case, I think a great story would have some uh, some media support and it might be graphic arts, it might be video, it might be um, any of a number of opportunities to engage folks. It could be a social media uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that there should be some there should be some elements to drive the story. Telling a story in a dark room with no one around isn't going to engage an audience. And so th- I think that this is one of the tools for engaging uh, an audience. Performers have long used music t- as an opportunity to get people's attention. And once you've got everyone's attention, you can start the story. So if you go to Balboa Park, you know, on a weekend and you look at all of the performers that are down there, th- they usually have some sort of way to get your attention and build some sort of uh, audience, and then when they have enough people there, they get going. But they can't start doing their show when there's no one around. And um, then by the time they get a crowd, there's nothing left. They've got nothing left. They've they've juggled. They've done their magic. They've jumped. They've they've done all their performance, and they've got nothing left. So it's not uncommon to use uh, music, and uh, in this case, media support to get your audience uh, to get their attention, to get their participation, to get their um, attendance. And then once you've got their attention. Uh, to deliver the story. And the sixth element is straight-up spectacle. And spectacle can be anything. It can be the absence of spectacle. It can be a Michael Bay. Is it okay to say that name out loud in your presence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he shook his head anyway. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about uh, great storytelling in film, you know, there's an abundance of uh, strategies for um, spectacle. And some... Michael Bay movies, one would argue, are lacking everything but spectacle. It's just straight up special effects with no plot character theme dialogue. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but, but uh, I wouldn't go that far. Yes, I would. I would actually. But yeah, I um, would too. <laughs> yeah. What's a Michael Bay movie? Transformers. It's just okay. explosions. Mm-hmm. Action, action, action. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's turn up the Michael Bay knob. Uh, so spectacle, <laughs> though, is... Uh, Are you really saying that? No. <laughs> spectacle could be special effects. It could be attention getters. It could be things that make it memorable. And I went to um, an event uh, this past Monday. It was an award show at the um, United Artists Theater downtown. And there's a 1,000 people in the room. You know, it's an award show. But they passed out gift bags that had noisemakers in them. So there was a little bit of spectacle because everybody had a noisemaker and so at appropriate times, they had the audience uh, making noise. And so it sort of turned the audience into the chorus. And there was a little bit of spectacle from the audience perspective. For activists, there, there are spectacle, uh, spectacle can sometimes be civil disobedience. Um, you know, a die-in where everyone lies down in the street, you know, one for every person that's been, you know, um, involved in a, a collision in the city of L.A. in the last year. You know, like, like in other words, one might call them stunts. One might call them... Um, um, what else would they be? Attention getters. Like, how do we get people's attention in a memorable way? Because you can tell the same story over and over and over, 
but um, sometimes it's the spectacle that uh, sort of separates it from all of the other similar stories. Anyway, those are the six elements. We're coming towards the end of uh, our show today. But um, for you, Lucas, the um, fixing Fairfax and Fountain. Have you? Do you have any ideas for spectacle? I don't know. It's not much. I mean. The project being finished would be a great spectacle. Yeah. Well, you know, press conferences <laughs> and ribbon cuttings, those are always spectacle. Those are always great conclusions. Definitely. Um, what if you got all of the cyclists at Hollywood High just to ride up and down Fairfax? Um, well, I mean, I'd have like five people. <laughs> <laughs> How many cyclists are there at Hollywood High? Um, there's there, – there was like maybe like 15. Yeah. Most Out of how many people? There's like a thousand. Wow. 500. Only, only 15 ride? Yeah, they all, like 15, 20, they all ride like fixed. Yeah? Yeah. So recently there was another uh, example of spectacle, and it was where humans actually stood where the um, separated bike lane would be mm-hmm. and held signs and said, this is what a separated bike lane looks like, and they all stood in a row. And that would be spectacle to do it. Now, if no one saw it, it's not really great spectacle. But I if was, I was just thinking about that. Like, what if I can get... People to just stand there, like this. This is where we want metal poles to yeah. be. Like this is <laughs> this is what it is. I guess a protest could be a, a spectacle. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not encouraging it by any stretch of the imagination. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but but that's an example of spectacle. And another example of spectacle would be to have a press conference and get your local council member there and to uh, let the news crews come down and and to make your case. And to do that, you know, what would that spectacle look like? You know, would you have a podium? Would you have, you know, cyclists from Hollywood High? Would you have the local cycling advocacy organization? Would you have some signs? You know, now we're talking about spectacle. Would you make a banner? Um, I think that sometimes... uh, some of the simplest things. One time we took that three-foot-wide butcher paper, 30-foot long, and we wrote the Cyclist Bill of Rights, and then we would hold it up at events, and that was the spectacle. It's like people with no money, you know, can get some Sharpies and some paper and uh, make a big sign, a huge, monstrous, 30 feet long. And uh, anyway, that would be an example of spectacle. But um, yeah. And you're working on dialogue because you're liking things that start with F. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned that it's kind of a it's a, a neighborhood that we're not connected to. So we'll have to figure out who the community is going to be, uh, the character is going to be. Anyway, so Nick, that's uh, plot, character, theme, dialogue, media, and spectacle—the six elements of a great story. And for activists, um, for marketing people, you know, for anyone, uh, those are the elements that you need to think about in terms of telling a great story. And it's okay to think about telling a great story. I know that you mentioned some of your favorite folks are. Some of your teachers that are actually just, you know, great to hang out with. You Mm -hmm. like talking to them. But um, it's okay to figure out how to tell a great story and to think about it ahead of time. Not everything has to just come natural. In fact, activism for many folks is something where we need to sit down and think about it and then break it down and then figure out how to be successful. So what are your thoughts, Nick? I was just thinking of how to take out the show here. But I think that's that's – great that you that you've uh narrowed it down to some elements and that we can i mean it makes it it makes it more doable it seems like and um the i i was thinking the idea of of fixing 
you know, is a, a and one of the F words. Mm-hmm. You could you could have uh, like some tools related to fixing, as if you're gonna fix it. You know, you could dress like a, somebody who fixes things. You know, it'd be interesting to dress up like the uh, Department of Do It Yourself. You know how there's roadworking crews all over town. Like, just put the hard hats on and have a do-it-yourself, um, yeah. uh, the Department of Do-It-Yourself uh, appearance, and then invite the press and uh, let them know that, you know, some things take the community um, putting on some gloves and um, taking care of business, and the Department of Do-It-Yourself is going to be making an appearance at Fairfax and uh, Fountain. And so, anyway, yeah. look forward to uh, working uh, with Lucas. When I say working with, we'll be watching to see all of him do all the work. Um, on fixing uh, Fairfax and Fountain, which may be a good time for us to let the Afghan wigs take us out. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.